like the real deal now. Ooh. Gonna kick this sorry ass out on the street. Welcome to the Northern Western Podcast. My name is Robert Fuller, and returning to the show is Nick Gator, who is the host of the Gator Pit Podcast. Nick, welcome back. Thank you very much for having me again. And we are talking. Uh, we are discussing the final part, well, until next year, um, of the celebrating ten years of Money Bank, and we're talking about the 2014 match. And one thing I'm interested in is that there's a little bit of a story going to this because most Money Bank matches, except for maybe 2011. And no storylines, more like, here's some guys, good luck, go with the briefcase. But yeah, I think the, the match here had a little, was a bit involved, involved in the fallout uh, of the breakup of the Shield. Definitely, very much so. Yeah, um, for those who don't know, pretty much the Shield were uh, Steph Warren's, you know, was a Roman Reigns. Um, they did a bit when involved in like, the Bannermen to the Fantasy Spirit Game, strong reference there. And, um, but the turn, Face recently, they beat the White Family, they beat Evolution twice in two pay reviews. Then the war after, I think it was Payback, um, this is girls right, I'm off, and uh, leaves the group. And then you find out that Triple H had pretty much turned Seth Rollins to turn heel, and he proceeds to destroy them. So you've got that, but you got pretty much Seth Rollins now being, being positioned as the, uh, like the face of the WWE. Um, out of those, out of the Shield guy, did you ever imagine Seth Rollins being a future champion? I mean, we'll get into it more during during the podcast, but at that time, did you think that? No, definitely not. And I will be honest and say Seth Rollins to me was always sort of the third person in the Shield. Yeah, I always thought Ambrose to me Ambrose was still was my number one. He still made my number one, and I thought Reigns, because of Reigns' look and the appeal and being part of the Samoan wrestling family and everything, I thought Reigns was always going to be okay. Yeah. I never thought Rollins would be at this point, and uh, he has become one of my favorite things every week on Raw. He's become one of the the best things going. I think he's been a very, um, very credible this year, and I never thought in a million years that he would, you know, kind of be in the, the top position that he's already in so i give him a lot of credit for proving me wrong yeah that's true i mean i think um, i'm with his I'm, I'm the opposite i mean i i think i'm the three i was thought you know most of the most likely to be one you know seth one was an nfc champion that doesn't really necessarily mean he's going to be a future world champion uh was roman reigns i don't know i mean i still feel it now i mean he's good apart but probably don't quite see him being a world champion but i think he has we talked about it a bit more probably near when um, we talked about the cash in a bit more, but I think he, someone who's uh, who started growing me, who I think probably is a bit too early for him right now, but could be a, a world champion in the future. I think I think one of the the things they did, and and if you know we hear all the stories and you know we read stuff online about how they want to make Roman look credible and good and do all these things, but they've done things that have made him not get over you I mean how many times does he have to wrestle the big show how many times does he have to wrestle Kane? i mean it's it's not something that that fans are really going to get behind and 
when Roman, and this has happened since WrestleMania this year, when Roman is more of himself and, you know, just sort of does his own thing and comes off a lot more natural, I think he gets over much easier. And I think, you know, we may see him get his moment in in Dallas, and I think it'll be, I think it'll be the right time for him. I think, you know, if they have, if they have enough time, they have this year to really sort of build him and let him come into his own. And I think if they decide to pull the trigger and, and have him win the title or have him go over at WrestleMania in Dallas, I think that will that will do him a lot of good. Yeah, so we'll, we'll put him on the cash in. Um, so the defenders of this this one uh, are Dean Ambrose, Dolph Ziggler, Walk on Dam, Kobe Kingston, Jack Swagger, and Seth Rollins. They were supposed to be uh, bad news about it, but he got injured uh, beforehand, so he couldn't take part. Uh, um, what do you think is the ideal number of competitors? Because it's mostly been like six to eight, and then the other end where they couldn't see it was just ten, which I thought was too many. Do you think six is a good number to use? Yeah, I think six is about the right number. I mean, yeah, I think six is about the right number. You don't want you don't want eight. You don't want ten. Uh, you just it's this one. It's it's just too many guys, and you already have a lot going on. And you want to have it be uh, the right length of time. Yeah. So I think I think six is I think six is the magic number for money in the bank match, definitely. Yeah, that's true. Um, so the match starts. Ambrose is the last one to enter the ring, and he pretty much goes straight for Ambrose and starts uh, being the being the crap out of him, going to kind of keep the area. Um, so they're pretty much off away fighting, and then. Um, Kobe gets a bit involved. He sends Swagger and Ziggler out of the wing and then springboard to clothesline RVD. And then he hits Swagger with uh, Boom Dog and then sends Swagger out of the wing with a ladder. Uh, Kobe starts to climb up and both topples it. Um, but Kofi lands on the rope and I think in a nice spot he cross bodies uh, Swagger, RVD, and Dingler who are all out the outside. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was definitely a good spot, and I mean, I think that's one of the reasons that you have certain people in Money in the Bank is, I think the fans know and and, and people know there's certain people that are not going to win. Kofi Kingston, for example, is probably never going to win Money in the Bank, but he will probably be in almost every Money in the Bank match because of yeah. his abilities. Yeah, that's true. I mean, there's one of those things. I mean, all these matches don't really get like two or three guys to have the high fives, but you think there's no chance in hell. Yeah, they're gonna win. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was Shelton Benjamin at one point, and now it's sort of Kofi. And and for for the 2015, you had Kofi and you had Neville. And I think you know I'm a big fan of Neville, but I definitely didn't think he was gonna win. But he was there to you know do those those big spots. Yeah, that's true. Um, so I've not had a chance to actually watch. That. I know we won this, but I've not had a chance to actually watch that match yet. Um, so we get Ambrose and Wallace um, getting involved trying to get up the ladder, and then. Um, Ambrose uh, does a double underhook suplex and hits Rollins with that hit onto a ladder. And then he had Ambrose and Swagger, Kofi, Obedee, Ziggler, also trying to get up the ladder to fight it out. Um, after they'll get that down, um, Obedee gets a bit more involved, he kicks a ladder on, into Rollins, and then he um, monkey flips Rollins, and then I wish him into a ladder in the corner. And um, I think it's safe to say Warren is not well liked by the competitors because he gets hit a lot. He gets hit also with the water comes onto Warren as well. Um, then Ambrose attacks and hits um, RVD with his springboard kick into the ladder. 
Um, with Ovidy, do you think he was a guy that was in that group of like, yeah, never going to win? Or do you feel think he had the possibility to maybe win it one day? Um, I think, you know, RVD, at this point, there was no way. But when RVD was able to to do it and he had that run and he was able to cash in and beat Cena at that big ECW show and he was – uh, for a short time, the WWE champion, and then he had uh, he had a little issue with the law, and they ended up having him take the take the title off him and everything. That's another great uh, what if. And in fact, RVD had uh, you know when he was when he did my Money in the Bank. This is we're talking a long time ago now. Obviously, he had the customized Money in the Bank briefcase and all that stuff that sort of got him over and he was such a great contrast to Cena at the time who was the champion. So I think at this stage in his, in his career, RVD was, was not going to go over, but he is one of those veterans that brings credibility to the match. And I think, you know, this year, you, you know, they like to put Kane in these. They like to put folks like that, that you can pretty much are guaranteed they're not going to win, but they have some credibility and, and, it, it helps a younger star go over by being able to say they were in this match with a former world champion and they were able to come out on top. Yeah, that's true. Um, so, continuing the match now, um, probably it was a climb up and then um, Swagger tries to like topple the um, ladder and Kobe's on the ladder as well. But um, Kobe lands his seat and then pushes the ladder into Swagger and then Kobe already starts out for a bit and then Warner gets involved and he fights with RVD. And then um, Swagger Power, nice bit Swagger Power Bonds already off the ladder. Um, there's a bit there where Zed gets a bit more involved, he drops the ladder into Ambrose, and then he Swagger catapults him onto the ladder. And then, um, and what he does with the Ambrose, Ambrose does a move where uh, he pulls off Swagger and then Swagger tries to turn him out the wing, but he does like. I don't know what to, what to call it, Dobby, but you know he's like he's about to go to the wing and he just you know swings back in and hits him on the clothesline. I don't know what the WWE call that. I don't know if they have a name for it. Yeah, it just seems to be just like it's a bit weird because it's a great move, but it's getting a bit more predictable. He's like, oh yeah, they're gonna do that move, and then it kind of happens. Um, there's a bit where um, Swagger tries to pull Ambrose off the ladder, but he's reversed into uh, a DDT. And then one and climbs up, but Ambrose topples it. Um, the night bit where, kind of like at this point, Ambrose gimmick like, has like the lunatic fringe, a bit more, a bit unpredictable, but crazy. Uh, medics attend to Ambrose, being convinced down, down, they convince him to come to the back. So he's out of the match now. Um, one climbs up, but obviously stops him, and then Kofi, um, badly drops, um, one and the two lads that he had wedged earlier. Um, Ziggler stops Kofi from getting the briefcase and then DDTs him and then beats on Swagger. And then um, Ziggler hits a famous turn on VD and then supercase Swagger. Kofi goes to trouble with Paradise, but Ziggler like, hits him with Ziggler in, onto the ladder instead. Uh, and there's a nice bit here where um, Ziggler starts to climb up, but Swagger applies the Patriot lock. Um, but Ziggler managed to get out of it and kick him away. Um, it looks like Ziggler's almost gets the briefcase, but Rollins attacks him with a chair. Um, and we get to the end now where Rollins looks like he's going to be climbing up, but Ambo runs back in, attacks him with a chair, and then Ambo climbs up, but uh, Kane, or, or as I call the time, Corporate Kane, 
Um, he comes in and pulls Ambrose off and then hits Ambrose with a choke slam, then a tombstone. Um, the crowd are not happy with this. And then Kane holds the ladder while Rawling climbs up the ladder, grabs the briefcase and wins. And that end the match. Um, did you think Rollins was going to win this match anyway? I wasn't a hundred percent. I I really thought it was going to either be Ambrose or Rollins when you looked at everybody else. Um, I didn't think it would be RVD, Ziggler, Kofi, Kane. Yeah, you know, uh, you know. Even when Barrett was still in the match, I didn't think it would be any of those. I really thought it would be Ambrose and Rollins. And the way the storyline was going, I was, I was surprised, but not. I think I was surprised personally that it was Rollins, but I wasn't surprised from a storyline perspective. If that makes any sense. Yeah, I think you know what you mean. I mean, it's. Uh, I think that they picked it one to win this one because. They kind of push him heavy to be like the future of the company, you know, like um, build the company guy and all that stuff. So I thought, I thought he could win it, but my, my, I personally, I thought he'd win it, but either don't, I'm not surprised. It might be a bit too soon for him. Um, do you think having Kane involved kind of helped cement um, Orleans being a future like number one deal of the company? I think it definitely helps. <clears throat> And he definitely was being, you know, put into that spotlight. And he's money in the bank. He's with the authority. It's all leading to him being the number one heel in the company at this point. Yeah. Um, and also, just for the mention, after the match, uh, Triple H has definitely come out to congratulate Warren's as well, kind of emphasize how to be true. Um, in terms of cash in, there's, at this point, Brock Lesnar had come back at the SummerSlam. Um, hits Cena with Brazilian German suplexes to become the world's heavyweight champion. Um, and then Rollins, for reasons that I never got when he did this, um, tried to cash in during the match and match champions. Um, but I think when Kareli Cena stops him from actually popping cash in, and um, so he had to deal. There's a bit, little bit of a like thing between Brock and Rollins. Brock's like, oh, what are you doing? And Seth's going, yeah, sorry, that kind of thing. And fast forward to WrestleMania, and this interview you because you were actually there live, weren't you? Yes, I was. This was um, this was quite a moment. Yeah, that's true. Um, so, um, during this time, you had um, the main event of the match was Brock Lesnar, who is the WWE World Heavyweight Champion, facing uh, the challenge of Roman Reigns, who won the Royal Rumble. Um, pretty much to get the point now where uh, they're both down. I think I remember because I think Lesnar hit him with five, being being exhausted by that point. Uh, they're both down, and then you hear Seth Warner's music hit. He bolts down, and, um, and there's a lot of fusion here because because um, this has happened during the match. It's the first time something has happened, so a lot of people are like going, "Oh, and this during the match, because uh, people still do that and all that stuff." What was your initial reaction when you heard that music hit? I was, I think, in the moment, you're surprised. Because my, my good friend Corey Santiago, who I do the Gator Pit show with, has said for many years now, there is going to have to be a cash-in at WrestleMania. And in fact, Corey had been saying leading up to this that they should have Rollins cash-in. He might have even predicted that on our prediction show. If he didn't, he, he came damn close. And he had said many times, uh, because everyone seemed to think that Roman was going to leave <clears throat> with the, the title, 
he said many times that he didn't, he think he would say even if Roman won, he didn't think Roman would leave with the title, and that could be how you end WrestleMania. So uh, maybe they listened to the show and they took our booking. But Corey was really all over this and really wanted this and predicted this. I was still I was still a little surprised because I just didn't. Uh, I I'm have maybe have the old school mentality that you send everyone home happy at WrestleMania, and that's usually what happens. Not always, but usually. Um, and in fact, I think it was the first, almost the first uh, 14 or 15 years, uh, the the face left with the title or you know the supposed face of the title. I think Triple H was the first person to ever leave WrestleMania as the heel champion. Yeah. So. You know, I go with that mindset now. I know, especially coming off last year where you had the big celebration with Daniel Bryan, and I don't remember a lot about that. I was still on a haze following the Brock Lesnar Undertaker match, so I don't remember a lot of what happened afterwards. But I don't know. Maybe it's my old school mentality on this, or maybe I was surprised. But it was a great moment, and it was a great moment live. Like the crowd live really pops hard when Rollins' music hits. Yeah, that's what I mean. And, and like you said, I mean, this had never been done that someone wants to cash in in the middle of a match. So they've actually laid it out so we know what happens moving forward if this happens again. Yeah, that's true. I mean, um, pretty much it's a lot of confusion. It's like you got close to 75 people going, what else going on? Um, the really nice thing that I was here going, like, one is cashing in, it's now a triple threat match. Um, one is kicks, um, pretty much pushes Wayne out of the way, out of the wing, um, hits Brock Lesnar with a curve stomp. Um, credit again because it's Brock Lesnar who's pretty much up to, up to the last year being Brock Lesnar invincible um, tries to go over again but Warren's picks, uh, sorry, Lesnar picks him up from F5 um, Williams slides in hits Lesnar with a spear Warren's then um, hits Williams with a curb stomp pins him and becomes the WWE World Heavyweight Champion and you get to see great reaction shots see reaction shot um, I don't know if you've seen it on the network since you've been there last since after the WrestleMania, because he shots of the uh, like people with hands on their heads going like, what the what the fuck just happened? See, Warren is ecstatic. He goes up to the ring, um, and JBL is like losing shit, going, "Oh, this is brilliant!" And uh, and they had back a code going, "Say, oh, this is ingenious, all this stuff." And um, I think that at this point, my favorite cash in was probably the most ballsy one because you were. Not only you're doing it in the middle of the match, you, you run the risk of having two people effectively stop you. Instead of just one person stopping you, you've really got, you've got to deal with two people trying to say, no, no, you're just going to cash in, no, fuck off, kind of thing. Let, and he runs that risk. So I think it's probably the ballsiest move he could possibly could do. Nick, still there? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was on mute. Um, <laughs> I was talking for a couple seconds and then all of a sudden I realized that you couldn't hear me. But I, I think it was a very ballsy move in that you, you, you're putting yourself into a triple threat. But it also has those shades of being the ultimate opportunist where you have these two guys who have beaten the hell out of one another. And I have to give a lot of credit to Lesnar and Reigns. They put together what the best possible match could have been between the two of them. <clears throat> it was... <clears throat> It was just knock down, drag out, get color, very snug, very tight, you know, put it in there. And, you know, those two guys are both are both tough and they had no problem going in there and and putting together one of the more unique WrestleMania main events. 
So uh, while it was definitely ballsy to cash in and, and make it a triple threat against you know two enormous guys, and and it did take a little bit of luck for Rollins to win. Uh, you know, it also has the advantage of being able to say, well, you know, these two guys had just battered one another. So I, I think it was, I think it was a very interesting move. And I think when he, if he, if he runs down and you, you know, he's going to win, you know, he's pinning reigns because that obviously sets up that what's going to happen with Lesnar. Lesnar was never pinned. Lesnar was the champion. He never really lost the title. And as we're seeing now and that they've, they brought Lesnar back and he will be facing Rollins. This is where they're. This is where they've gone with the storyline. Yeah, true. I mean, probably interesting fans about this. It's obviously the first time to the WrestleMania. He is the first NFC champion to go on to become the world heavyweight champion in WWE. First one to do it during the match. So you know, it's. I don't. Know, I always thought there would be a cash in, but I don't know about you personally. I didn't think it would be someone like one to do. I thought it'd be someone established, like someone like Orton and maybe Sheamus or Brian, who, who would cash in at WrestleMania not someone who is still kind of coming up to that level. Yeah. And I think that's their idea in doing this was to, was to elevate him as quick as possible. I mean, they had spent eight or nine months since money in the bank, really positioning him to where he could go in and do this and be legitimate and everything. And I think that's exactly what they did. So I think their booking was great. And I don't know if you've gone, it looked, but right after WrestleMania, they had uh, taken a little snippet of when he pins Reigns and pumped up the volume, and you could hear Rollins thanking Reigns. Yeah. So it was a nice, it was a nice moment, and you know those guys are close from being in the Shield and everything. So you know Reigns, Reigns' time will come, and Ambrose's time will come. Uh, so th- you know that night at WrestleMania in California, it was Seth Rollins' turn. Yeah, true. I mean, yeah, I think so. I mean, and. Um... I think there's a lot of people because when Reigns won the Mumbles, there's a lot of negativity in that. So it was uh, involved in that. So, uh, I mean, I first, I mean, I think there was a match that started for me, start to start to think, actually, well, no one wins could be a champion because, you know, you need, it's kind of crazy because obviously, let's be focused this invisible person to see destroy John Cena, um, who's always supposed to be this. You know, pretty much Superman level type guy anyway. So, to have someone like Wayne, the, a lot of people like going, you know, perhaps Wayne might be the best guy, all that stuff. So, yeah, I mean, I think it was a good catch and good to see Wayne's could have a good performance as well. Um, talking about Wayne, um, he was involved in this year's Money Bank Ladder match. And I think everyone predicted he was going to win. Um, he doesn't, it's Seamus. Um, did you think that's a good choice for Seamus to win it? I was surprised, and they said that Sheamus was sort of the last-minute decision. They weren't going to go with him. I thought Roman Reigns was a foregone conclusion for a lot of reasons, and I thought he would he would be the right person. I just don't know. I mean, Sheamus is Sheamus is a very interesting person in his career because he's accomplished a lot, but he's still is sort of in this box. Like you wouldn't, you wouldn't put him in like the tippy top of guys, a Cena or an Orton, but he has done lots of stuff. He's been WWE champion. He's been us champion. Um, now he, he won the rumble. I was at the rumble where he won in St. Louis and now he's Mr. Money in the bank. So he's, he's another guy. I thought it was in this match to add that, that sort of main event level, senior credibility like they do with Kane. I never thought in a million years he was going to win, and maybe that's 
the right thing to do that they know they know what they've got in Roman and they can they can start that anytime and maybe they already are. And we don't know, you know, where that's going and what they're going to do with Roman Reigns. And we've heard a lot of different rumors about what the plans are for SummerSlam. One of the rumors is that it's going to be Seth Rollins versus Triple H. Um, and does that mean you're going to get Lesnar facing Reigns again? Does that mean that match is going to be for the world title? You know, there's a lot of things going on. So I don't know if Roman Reigns needed to win the money in the bank, but I certainly thought he would. And I'm not 100% sure about what's going on there with, with Sheamus. I don't know what the plan is. And it used to be a foregone conclusion that if you if you cashed in your money in the bank, you would you would win. But then Cena cashed in and he didn't win the title because I think Big Show ran in and got him disqualified. And then Sandow just just out and out lost to Cena during his cash in. So I don't know if I don't even know if Sheamus will be successful in his cash in or not. So I guess I guess they've got us curious about it, and I guess that's a good thing. Yeah, that's true. Um... So, out of the many London money about London matches over the last 10 years, do you have a particular favourite? Oh, wow. Uh, I'm trying to think about this. Uh, it's tough to say because there have been a couple that I thought the, the outcome was very surprising. When CM Punk won it again, the second time he won it, I thought that was very surprising. <laughs> Um, I thought this year was very surprising. I don't know. I, I honestly, off the top of my head, I honestly think that my my favorite Money in the Bank match may just be uh, when Edge won. So I think that's the I think it's the very first Money in the Bank, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, I think that was my favorite. I loved all the build up to it, all the stuff with Jericho. I love that they gave it on Edge. I'm a big fan of Edge's. So I hate to tell the company that you haven't imp- you haven't impressed me since the first Money in the Bank, but I think for a lot of reasons that is probably still my my favorite. Now next year, if the uh, if Dean Ambrose wins Money in the Bank, or if Kevin Owens wins Money in the Bank, or if one of my you know big favorites wins next year, then maybe I'll change my mind. But for right now, I think I think the first one is still the best one. Yeah, I mean, I think that's, I'll go the one and say that's, that's a good one. Uh, my personal favourite is the SmackDown for 2013, because I thought it involved like, a lot more storylines. You had the Shield getting involved, and then the users getting involved, doing fighting for the Shield of the Championship. And how the Sandown win was, to me, was a very big surprise, because I think when I, I did it for the first career, I used to do like, a list of contenders and then put down, you know, what would be their chances to win. And Sandown was like, low on that list, but when he won, I was like, yeah, I, I just I thought it would be very interesting him being a world heavyweight champion, and then all that sort of changed. You know, Cena came back, destroyed seat, Sandown, and Sandown was doing some bizarre thing with Curtis uh, Axel. Um, so yeah, um, unfortunately we are going to end the podcast with a sad note. Um, the week of this year's Money in the Bank, um, Dusty Rose, who was known as the American Green and also the father of Gold Dust and Cody Rose, uh, passed away at age sixty-nine. And um, what was your what was your first of fondest memories of Dusty Rhodes? Oh wow! I mean, Dusty. When when you talk about legendary figures in the wrestling business and how much he meant to so many generations for both the stuff he did in the ring and the stuff he did behind the scenes, <coughs> you're really never gonna 
have another figure like Dusty Rhodes. Um, growing up, my first my first memories of Dusty Rhodes were from when he first came into the WWF. Because at that time, like 88, 89, I was more of a WWF guy. And then 89, like May of 89 is when I really, really became an NWA, WCW guy. So I didn't know about Dusty Rhodes' whole history with Ric Flair, the Horseman, and I didn't know any of that until after the fact. So I remember those, you know, he was the son of a plumber and the polka dots and him dancing with Sapphire, who was his manager and... He was one of my favorite characters for all those different reasons, and he was able to get over, even though everyone has sort of said that the polka dots were a joke from Vince and all these different things. And those are my first memories, but go back and watch some of those matches he had with Ric Flair, his feud with the Horsemen. Uh, Of course, his promo work, one of the greatest talkers of all time. How many great Dusty Rhodes promos have there been that you can go back and watch? So many that 30 years later, we're still talking about and his role as a booker and a promoter and most recently his work in NXT behind the scenes has really cemented his legacy so many people in NXT have been moved and have had their careers helped by the work that Dusty Rhodes has been doing uh, recently including you know Kevin Owens Sami Zayn a lot of people in NXT were very uh, upset and uh, obviously when he passed so uh, there's, there's really been only one Dusty Rhodes there'll never be someone again like Dusty Rhodes and uh, you know my my deepest condolences go out to his family I'm sure to lose your father to lose your grandfather is always a, an enormous blow I mean which is different for me because when I started about Western 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 so my my first bit of seeing Dodgers wrestling from like a videotape that I went to like two years, two or three years beforehand. Um, my more my more recent memories of him is pretty much him being in charge of NXT, being general manager, uh, being involved in the future authority where he and um, Cody and Scott just had to fight to get the jobs back and all that stuff. Um, but. I think I was a bit repeated by the blog, and I, and I agree, he was one. He has left probably a legacy to rival or perhaps even beat people like Hulk Hogan with Flair, because more as a, as a booker, because he's been credited with like some of the gimmick that obviously we used at that time. So, I mean, I agree with you. I mean, it is a sad loss to the industry, and, you know, because is to his family. Um, so, um, Nick, where can we find him today? You can find me on Twitter at Nick Gator, all one word, and you can find me every week on my own show, The Gator Pit. Follow us on Twitter at Gator Pit Podcast. You can find us on Spreaker, on iTunes, and on Four Corners Radio. Um, and for me, um, the podcast we're jumping listening to now is adultofwrestling.wordpress.com. Uh, my blog is talking about pay reviews and opinion pieces. As I mentioned, that the last opinion piece was about was a bit about Dusty Worlds. Uh, so check that out. Check out pay-per-view reviews at nodonwrestling.com. The one way you follow me on Twitter is at nodonwrestling or one word. So next time you get to be on the show. Absolutely. And um, until then, take care of yourselves and bye. Money, 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 money. money.